If you listen to the show for any amount of time, you know that I do have a merch store or two, and I don't generally push my merch because I don't feel comfortable hitting you guys up for money. But if you're listening to me on anything resembling a regular basis, you probably laugh at the same things I do. You probably think a lot of the same things I do. So why don't you go check out HorribleDesigns.com. They have assorted merchandise with funny comments on it, funny t-shirts, funny mouse pads, funny coffee cups, and then some stuff that maybe not necessarily so funny, but is definitely relevant, whether it's a social opinion, an economic opinion, a stance on you know things like veganism or whether or not you need essential oils in your life. So yeah, anyway, that's my little plug. I have some of their shirts. They're comfortable. They're cool. I like them. HorribleDesigns.com. Go check it out. The podcast you are about to listen to contains at least one of the following. Strong language, disturbing topics, abusive opinions, generally things that aren't appropriate for little kids or overly sensitive people. So if any of that stuff's going to get your nose out of joint, this is your chance to turn it off. Welcome to I Had to Say It, the podcast where I talk about things that I feel need talking about, and sometimes they're not getting the attention they deserve. And your feelings, they're not under consideration. So, at this point, it's pretty much a done deal. Elon Musk has bought Twitter. The outrage is pretty much exactly what people that were watching this sort of shit were calling for. It's going pretty much exactly how people anticipated. A lot of the hardcore leftist type individuals are already bitching about how this is such a horrible thing and making comparisons of him to a supervillain and saying it's going to be so horrible and talking about how they're leaving Twitter and there's going to be this mass exodus and it's going to show them. And it makes me think of something I actually tweeted out a couple of, I think it was last week actually, when they first started talking about Elon Musk was going to do a hostile takeover of Twitter. In the simple fact of the matter is, these people don't get it. They're so just self-focused. They're just entitled, and it's they they're completely they have no self-awareness because they don't realize they're exactly the fucking people that he has a problem with. He doesn't care. If they leave Twitter, that's going to be fine by him, I'm sure. And furthermore, the people that are selling Twitter don't care either. They don't give a shit because they're out. They're done. They're getting their checks and they're fucking cutting out. It doesn't matter to them if the platform succeeds or fails because they got their money and they're done with it. So I don't understand why they think it's this huge, big, mega thick fucking deal. They do, though, for whatever reason, and that's been getting a lot of coverage on the assorted social media platforms and even little blurbs on some of the news outlets, but I don't really follow the news too closely anymore because they've pretty much been proven to be completely worthless when it comes to facts. It's all, you know, fear-mongering and agenda-pushing and just utter horseshit, and there was a time where I wouldn't have said that for fear of coming off like a conspiracy nut, but the conspiracy nuts have a much better track record than the official media at this point. They've been right about so much where I really don't consider them conspiracy nuts anymore. I mean, I don't think the world's flat or, or you know, calzone-shaped or any of that other horse shit, but I do think that we're being lied to on such a regular basis by a bunch of people that are so used to doing it and just having it accepted 
that they don't realize nobody gives them any credit anymore. They don't realize there's no stock in their trade. They don't realize how fucking worthless they really are and how many people feel that way these days. So they focus on this shit, the irrelevant, stupid, distractionary bullshit. And honestly, I'm I just to weigh in on the matter because somebody might care what I have to say about it. I mean, if you guys are coming back and listening every week, obviously you at least care a little bit about what I think about things. But I think if Elon Musk does what he's actually saying he wants to do with the platform, it could be a good thing because regardless of how the very vocal people who are in support of the way Twitter is currently run feel about things, it's not for all the people that are on it and how much of a component of day-to-day life it is, it's really not a fair and balanced platform. They definitely have an agenda. They definitely have stories they push. They definitely have narratives they try to push. They have, and speaking of somebody who's gotten content warnings for simple statements of facts, not attacking anyone personally, not any of the much pettier and meaner shit that I am a human being is capable of, just stating things that didn't fit whatever they were trying to push. I've gotten content warnings. I've had, you know, posts flagged. I've managed to piss off people by saying things they didn't want to hear, and then they report my posts, and then I have to try and appeal them and go, what the fuck did I violate in your community guidelines? Other than saying something somebody didn't want to hear. So in terms of all these people that are whining about how horrible it's going to make the platform and how it's just going to destroy everything and it's just going to be used to push the evil billionaire's narrative, I don't have any sympathy for those fucking people because... They are fine with narratives being pushed as long as it aligns with what they believe. The billionaire evil potential Bond villain motherfucker, what he his statement that has everybody so bent out of shape is he's going to allow free speech. He's going to make it a fair and open forum where people can, as long as they're not making like f- threats of physical violence, which a lot of those more extreme left-leaning individuals do on a regular basis. They call for violence against groups. They call for violence against individuals. They release people's personal information. You know, doxing, it's called. Releasing documents that verify a person's personal information. They harass. They instigate. They cause problems. And then they bitch about how unfair they're getting treated. And they have no problem doing these exact same behaviors to other people. Now, being told that the playing field is going to be leveled and as long as people aren't being ignorant assholes and threatening each other and calling for violence or harm against each other, they're going to be allowed to have their say whether you like it or fucking not. just doesn't sit well with some people. And they're instantly going to their default of like, well, I'm going to leave the platform. Good, fuck off. Nobody's going to miss you. The people that are happy about what's going on don't care if you leave. They want you to go because you're a fucking nuisance. And the people that are... A lot of the people that are bitching about this whole thing, they were also the ones that were like, well, if you don't like it, get your own platform. This is ours. Well, I hate to break it to you, but, yeah, it's a lot easier to just go, you know what, I can afford to buy it because I don't like the way it's run, so go fuck yourself. And the second thing these people are defaulting to is, oh, well, instead of this, he could have done that with the money, or he could have done this with the money, or he should have done that. He's a horrible person. That doesn't make him a horrible person because he doesn't want to spend his money in the way you feel it should be spent. There's a meme floating around out there that says, 
instead of worrying about how this guy is spending his money, why don't you worry about how these guys are spending your money? And the top is a picture of Elon and the bottom is a picture of a bunch of politicians signing a bill, pissing away our money. They're not spending their money. They're not writing a hugely deficit budget using their own funds. They are pissing away the American population's money. The government does not produce anything. I've said it so many times. It still holds true. They don't produce shit. So the fact that they are just, you know, willy nilly throwing around trillions of dollars, all the bullshit people are saying Elon Musk should be doing with his personally amassed wealth, which whether you like it or not, that's his money. He earned it. He's a shrewd business motherfucker. He's a savvy investor. He is good at making money. That does not mean he is obligated to spend it on shit you think is important. It's his money to do with as he pleases. And all these people that bitch about it, he pays more taxes than anyone else in the country. This last year, he literally paid more taxes than anyone else in the United States. And people still bitch about, you know, oh, well, he should be doing this and he should be doing that. And then, you know, we have these social media manipulating assholes, and i they're not actual true representatives of the organizations, but they are the hired selected face. And people t- that, like, tweet out, oh, well, for this much money, you could end world hunger. And Elon Musk rose to the challenge, to be fair. He said, you know what? Fine. Tell me how to spend that money. Tell me how, for that much money, you are going to be able to end world hunger and make it completely transparent. I want to see where every nickel of my money goes, and I'll write you a check right now. And this was like the UN, one of the World Hunger Foundation division or whatever. And they came back with like a $440 million annual budget, and there was no transparency. It was just saying, well, we need this much for that much, and this much for here, and that much for there, and it may fix the hunger problems. Now, this is going to spool off into the next thing I want to talk about, but that didn't meet any of his criteria. It did not explain exactly how it was going to end world hunger with this money. It did not include transparency to tell where the money was being spent. It was, oh, well, we have a budget, and this is how we think we can better the situation without any real detail in what they give them. And people are going, well, they gave him an offer, and he just ghosted them. He didn't give them the check. No, he they didn't give him what he said he wanted for his $6 billion. And he did donate $6 billion to different charities and different organizations to help people all around the world in shitty situations. He just didn't give it to the assholes who said, we can fix the problem for X and then not deliver on any real plan or idea of how that number was achieved or what they were going to do with it. It was another asshole talking shit on social media that couldn't back up what they said with the information necessary to get what they were expecting. So I really, I don't have any sympathy for those fucks either. And ultimately, if you haven't been paying attention, another thing that's going on in the world right now is there are food supply issues. And the the general mainstream media, which at this point translates to pretty much the same thing as the federal government in the United States and the left-leaning side of the aisle and all the, you know, the powers that be. And I, I really, I, 
personally, I don't differentiate too much between the left and the right when it comes to the sitting politicians because they're all fucking worthless. They're all corrupt. They're all useless. They're all bought and paid for. They're a bunch of random fuckheads that aren't worth a fart in a high wind. So this bunch of worthless random fuckheads who rob us every day and take a third of our fucking life from us because, let's face it, that's what they take in your payroll taxes. If you're not sucking at the teat of the system and you're not sponging off of the people who do have jobs, if you're out there busting your ass and working and having your taxes taken out of every paycheck and having Social Security taken out of your paycheck, that you will probably never see at the rate things are going. Social Security is underfunded because... It's there. I mean, there's a lot of factors in it. People are living longer than the, than it was originally planned for when they set the system up in the first place. But also, the politicians are dipping into it for their own little fucking pet projects and shit. They were never supposed to be allowed to touch that money. But when the people that control the purse strings are the same ones that make the fucking rules, yeah, pretty much every promise they make is only as good as the breath it comes out on, and it lasts for just about as long. But that's neither here nor there either. The point being, all these people that are pushing the whole you should be doing this with your money narrative. And if you look at the news, they've been talking about food shortages, but there's a lot of shit that's not getting nearly the amount of attention that it should be. And that has been, there has been an inordinate amount of disasters affecting food production in the United States at this point. There have been fires at food production plants. There have been outbreaks of avian flu that are killing off chickens and turkeys, which subsequently is also killing off eggs, which are in damn near everything you buy that's a convenience-made food product. So there's no eggs, so they can't make battered stuff. They can't make cakes. They can't make breads. Like, Well, I mean, they can make some, obviously. There are recipes that don't entail eggs, but a large portion of the convenience food products have eggs in one form or another in them. So all of a sudden, all the convenience food products are going to be disappearing off the shelves. And so now we're looking at compounding that with the fact that these production facilities are burning to the ground and collapsing and having issues. And there's been a ridiculous amount of fires in production facilities recently. There has been problems with meat processing facilities. And I'm not, I always preface statements where saying I don't want to sound like I should be wrapping my head in tinfoil. Because, frankly, I'm still at the point where I think that radio wave mind control shit's a little far-fetched, at least until Elon. And, like I said, I'm not a huge Elon fanboy. Like, the idea he wants to stick a microchip in everybody's head to connect to the Internet, I'm not okay with that. The Neuralink shit, I'm not all right with. Um, But that's a a whole different kettle of fish. I'm talking about food. I'm trying to, if I could keep myself from getting sidetracked, I'm trying to talk about food shortages. Now... This stuff has been spooling up for months, and they're trying to blame all a whole bunch of it on the conflict in the Ukraine and the Russian war over there, saying, oh, well, it's the U- European breadbasket. Yeah, that no, this shit has been going on for months. We have been having product shortages in the stores for years at this point, and be, doing what I do for a living, I do have probably a little bit more focus on this than a lot of your average people do. And I'm more aware of some of the production issues and things like that. But some of it, too, is the production facilities, when the slaughterhouses were shut down, when the processing plants were being shut down, and things were running on limited crews and restricted crews, and people were every single COVID outbreak that shut down a manufacturing plant for two weeks at a time, it forced the processors to reassess their production levels and to reassess the products they're selling. 
And one of the things we got used to in America was that they would make products because that's what people wanted. And there was extra, there was surplus of things being produced and there was enough extra things that could be processed into other things. And the ridiculously processed levels of some of our foods that we eat in this country are a direct result of trying to utilize as much product as possible in the manufacturing process. Now, with the reduction in source materials that are available, subsequently a lot of that more trivial shit that did not have as high of a profit margin or was not as big of a seller is going to go away and probably not come back for years, if at all. A lot of the standard like bulk whole muscle meats and things like that, they're a lot harder to find. And one of the factors that contributes to this is doubled down on by the fact that for the last year and a half, two years, however long we were doing it, everybody's been doing it differently. I never ordered a single fucking thing from DoorDash in my life. I've never ordered anything that was processed and delivered to my house other than a fucking pizza from a local place. And that's, you know, that's not, I don't judge people that do things that way, but this is relevant in the terms that the dynamic has shifted as far as production for meals goes in this country at this point. And a lot of restaurants, the smallest places in particular, are going to be having a ton of supply chain issues. Mom and pop shops are going to have a really hard go of it for the next couple of years. So if you are going to go out to eat and you have the opportunity, go support local, small, mom and pop, private-owned businesses. Small businesses, small restaurants, because they're going to need it. McDonald's is not going to fold because nobody's going to McDonald's. None of the fast food places are going to fold because they don't have the resources they need and they're not going to be able to get their products. None of the big chain restaurants are going to be facing the same issues. Are they going to have to make cuts? Yeah, they're going to have to make cuts. Are they going to have to run reduced menus? Yeah, they're going to have to run reduced menus because certain things are just not going to be able to fucking get like anybody else. However, these large international corporations have a much greater leverage when it comes to obtaining these things. And a lot of these things are obtained from the producers under contract. So if they don't get their cut first, they can sue on top of everything else. So a lot of the products before the sh these shortages are recovered from, before the production facilities are rebuilt, before the farms are restocked and they've got their par level, animals back up to where they need to be to be running at full-scale production, which is going to take a couple of years. This this is not a potential recession. We are looking at a potential depression. We've been in a recession for quite a while now. The media doesn't want to tell you that because they don't want you to panic. The government damn sure doesn't want you to know because, let's face it, it's their fucking fault. But from a purely availability standpoint, McDonald's, KFC, Arby's, Hardee's, Carl Jr.'s, all, all those, I mean, a lot of them are actually all under the same umbrella of the companies that own them, and that's a whole different conversation. But those producers, the, the biggest volume producers in the country, the ones who buy the most from all these farms and manufacturing facilities, they get first dip at the well. They get their needs met first. And it, it's going to touch everything. It's sausage patties, scrambled eggs. You're still going to be able to get a McDonald's breakfast sandwich if that's your particular cup of tea first thing in the morning because they're the ones that are getting the first fulfillments. They're the, they have contracts that say they will get X, Y, and Z. And then it goes from there to distributors. The distributors are going to deal with things like 
nursing homes and colleges and industrial food service production levels first. And then they're going to probably be more concerned with taking care of the grocery stores because those big distributors are going to be worried about their big clients. The smaller clients that don't do the kind of volume that really makes them show up in the ledgers, they're going to be hurting really bad. Your mom-and-pop little diners and restaurants and bistros, they're probably going to be having to go to the grocery store to pick up a lot of their stuff if they can find it anywhere. So, you know, that's going to make the dynamic completely change. The prices prices on everything is are going to be going up, and they're not going to be coming back down very much anytime soon, I don't think. I mean, I could be wrong. I could be completely off the base, but this is one of those things where I do mo- know more than you know, Johnny walking down the street because I have to, it's, it's part of what I do. I, I get reports. I read the reports. I know the implications of the reports. I don't see things getting real happy again anytime soon. I, th- I think there's going to be a lot more menu offerings that are going to be things that were traditionally side dishes or fillers repurposed into main dishes. I anticipate a lot of more vegetarian-friendly options coming on the market because a lot of good sources of proteins that are readily available and cheap or will be readily available much quicker than livestock returning to par levels will be things like legumes and potatoes and and beans and so I am yeah I mean you'll see bean and rice burritos I'm sure cheesy bean and rice burritos will probably be making a, a resurgence in popularity uh you know fried potato tacos one of my my little guilty pleasures I lo- I, I love I love some fried potatoes in the, in a burrito I really do I I I like it but I also like meat in my burrito I don't see myself getting any any pollo anytime soon though because it's going to be going up and the utility grade stuff is going to be expensive. So it's going to be going down in quality and up in cost. And everybody's going to pitch a bitch and everybody's going to act like this is some huge, huge problem that they are only, it's only unfair because it's the greedy corporations trying to fuck everybody over. And no, it's a combination of circumstance, mismanagement and general fuckery by the people that we put in the position to generally fuck us over. And, Again, without trying to sound too much like a conspiracy theorist, the government in all its brilliance is kind of doubling down, and it really kind of comes off as suspicious because a lot of places are trying to put in ordinances regulating how much food you can produce yourself, regulating how much things you can can. During the, the pandemic, when there were people literally, I heard things saying, well, you can only buy so much stuff and you need to report people if they're hoarding these things, you know, things that our grandparents, great grandparents would have done normally, like canning their own vegetables or growing their own vegetables. And I know it's not a realistic thing for everybody, but you know, maybe it's something you want to consider with the growing season is starting real soon here in the States. Uh, Maybe setting up a few container gardens and growing some of your own tomatoes, your own zucchinis, your own onions Things like that that are, you don't have to be a real talented farmer to do small container gardens. Even if you live in an apartment and all you got is a three-by-three patio, you can get three or four or five-gallon buckets, drill a couple holes in them for drainage, put a screen on the bottom, fill them up with dirt, and plant some plants. You're going you're gonna to need to start 
learning how to be a little more independent or else we're going to become completely dependent. And these food shortage issues that aren't getting media attention. No, everybody's talking about Elon and, and Twitter and all this other shit. Nobody's talking about the fact that pretty soon a loaf of bread's going to be 10 fucking dollars. And they're not talking about how the government and all its wisdom is pushing all these other factors that are going to further compound the food supply issues like the whole, yeah, we want to start pushing for ethanol again. Now, without going into the whole thing about that, E85 gas, ethanol, it's made from corn liquor, basically. You're drinking, you're putting moonshine in your car. And there's a lot of different reasons why it's, I mean, people are trying to say it's greener. It still has emissions. People are trying to say that it's going to help reduce the dependency on on petroleum and foreign oil. Yeah, here's the problem with that. To make E85 ethanol, they need corn, and they need to refine the corn. And, and like I said, basically, and it works the same for petroleum too, believe it or not, refineries are basically just giant stills. That's how they distill the petroleum to make gasoline. They distill the corn to make the liquor to make the ethanol. problem with that is... So they're trying to push the ethanol E85, and the way this ties into the food supply chain is all that corn's got to come from somewhere. It's not like there's massive fields of corn that has been earmarked for ethanol. You know what else eats corn? People eat corn. Cows eat corn. Sheep eat corn. Pigs eat corn. Livestock eats corn. Chicken eats corn. Turkey eats corn. Literally, oh, let's say... 85, 90% of our food needs corn in some way, shape, or form to exist. So now all of a sudden the government's putting out stipends to use this corn to produce fuel because, again, bunch of fucking doddering idiots that should not be making policy. They're not smart. They were not elected based on anything other than, you know, charisma and party politics it's they're not experts and they're writing policy based on bad information bad advice and no common fucking sense you can't take it's it's kind of like trying to spend your paycheck on six different things when you only have enough money for three you can't keep spending the same money in multiple places you can't allot the same resources to different needs and still use the same amount of resources So you can't just willy-nilly say at the same time we're having a massive food shortage, we're going to also start pushing ethanol for fuel. It's Again, it's piss-poor thought processes, but I don't know what else to expect from the people in charge these days. So now you you fold this piss-poor concept of how the real world works in with all the other bullshit that's going on on the planet right now, including the war in Ukraine, including all the other food issues, including climate issues, which are fucking with production, crops the weather has been completely i mean i'm not saying climate change is isn't a real thing climate change happens every fucking day the climate changes a lot but the weather isn't doing what it used to do and i whether or not you want to talk about humans having a direct impact on that and the fact that the global climate moves in cycles but other planets are having weather issues too so it may have something to do maybe who knows maybe the sun's going to burn out in the next 10 years and the scientists were all wrong But the point being, there have been climate issues affecting supply chains and quality of produce and quality of different things from around the world. 
and food we import in the U.S. coming from Central America and South America and other countries, that they're they're facing quality issues and production issues and commercial farming. In a lot of ways, it's it's also being fucked up with the war because of a lot of fertilizer chemicals are come from the region that is being affected by war, and a lot of stuff is bought from Russia. And with trade embargoes, that means they can't make fertilizer. So these giant commercial farms can't produce at the levels they're used to. They have to go back to a slightly more natural level. And there's been a lot of irresponsible farming as corporate farming has taken over and stopped being family farms. Family farms had a lot more vested interest in making sure the land stayed healthy and rotating crops and things like that. Big commercial farms, not so much. They figure they'll dump some chemicals in the ground, keep things growing. So... There's all kinds of compounding issues here. So going back to all these dipshits who are saying, well, Elon could have used all that money instead of trying to buy the Twitter to try and feed the world. You can't buy what doesn't fucking exist. There's not some massive surplus of food that's being sat on somewhere that just isn't making it to all these poor pissed on countries because they don't have the money. And... That's Elon is a lot better with money than the vast majority of all these dipshits who are trying to criticize him. That's why he has it and they don't. And again, I'm not this huge Elon Musk fanboy. I don't necessarily think he's a great person. I think he's a fucking weirdo. I think he has a lot of things that he's totally for that I am not okay with. And that's fine. Do, Do I support him trying to say, okay, Twitter's a fucking left-leaning shit show that doesn't promote free speech that censors and pushes an agenda and i want to change that yeah that's great i support anybody who actually is in favor of free speech i don't have to like anything else he does and i don't have to agree with everything else he does i don't necessarily think that he's a wonderful human being yes the guy has the potential to be a fucking bond villain he's not the only one and there are some genuinely nefarious motherfuckers out there i don't think he's quite at that level because He's not one of the, like, old money families. He's not somebody that grew up richer than they knew what to do with. He got his money by, like I said, shrewd investing, making moves that needed to be made, and generally the things he he may play dirty, but he plays to win. And I don't have to like it, but I have to at least acknowledge it and kind of respect it, you know? And... Yeah, so he's not just going to go, oh, here, let me throw my money around on things that these people say are important because he's smart enough to know there's no magic fix. There's nothing you can just throw a set amount of money at and it's just going to fucking go away because the things aren't there. They're not there, so they can't be bought. The stuff that does exist that's already spoken for, all that would happen is it would the stuff that's already there would get more expensive and the money wouldn't be enough. Because that's just the way it's going to work. By asking for transparency and asking for a detailed summary of where every fucking nickel is going to go, he completely eliminates the possibility for graft, so these assholes aren't on board with it either. That whole I have to wet my beak shit doesn't fly when the guy who's signing the checks wants to know where every nickel went. So realistically, I guess the whole point I'm trying to get at is there is a food crisis that is already happening. You may not completely be feeling the crunch yet, but on the other hand, like where I'm living, when the people were posting pictures of grocery stores with nothing on the fucking shelves, honestly, I don't think I ever 
completely felt that crunch here. I mean, yeah, there were things I was looking for that I couldn't find when I was laid off and I wanted to start making bread again just for shits and giggles. I couldn't find any bread flour because literally every other fucker that was sitting at home decided they wanted to learn how to make sourdough. Me, I wanted, I just wanted pretzels. I'm, I'm <laughs> a little view behind the curtain here. Aaron's big thing when the pandemic started was he wanted to make a shitload of Bavarian pretzels, but he couldn't find any flour at the grocery store. And then I actually, I did find a bag of flour. I found a 50 pound bag of flour and I bought it because I didn't know when I'd be able to find some more. And I had all kinds of plans to make a shitload of pretzels. And then my wife convinced me that we should start keto, and I gave the flour to family members. It's like, hey, you bake. Here, have as much flour as you could possibly want. Yeah, no, it's on me. So, yeah, it's it, it didn't wind up working out. I didn't get my pretzels. We went keto. I lost, like, 80 pounds. It was fantastic. But beyond that... So the shortages are already happening, and they're going to get worse before they get better. And you're not going to be able to get the things you want because you're not high enough up on the on the chain of things. So you're going to have to go to, if you want to get things, you're going to have to go to the restaurants to get them. You're going to have to go to your convenience and your fast food places. And you're going to have to change what your expectations are. And you're going to have to maybe eat some things you're not real fond of. Or you can do something about it. A lot of these episodes, I'm put trying to push. Do something to make your situation better. Don't sit around and bitch. Don't complain because you're not getting what you think you deserve. It's kind of like this line from uh, Unforgiven. Great, great movie, Clint Eastwood. I mean, even if you're not a big fan of cowboy movies, that was a good movie. And even if you don't like Clint Eastwood, I think he's kind of losing it here towards the end. But And I know he's not gone yet, but I digress. The great line in the movie Unforgiven, and he said, deserves got nothing to do with it. Yeah, that's the truth. That's life. That's Deserve doesn't mean shit. If you want something, you got to go out, you got to earn it, you got to be able to take it. Not necessarily in a bad way like taking it from somebody else, but you got to be able to put your hands on it and claim it as your own. You have to earn it so you have a right to it. Nobody owes you a fucking thing. That's you know kind of the reoccurring theme of this show. And so, yeah, usually I'm telling you, all these other things that you can do to help increase your personal value. Take a class. Do learn a new skill. Learn a skill set that some that's not a real common skill set. Make yourself a better, more versatile, more useful individual, so you can ask for more, so you can get what you're worth, so you can have the things you want. Another another side of that coin. Learn to do shit for yourself. Learn to be independent. Learn to make things you need. Learn to grow things you need. Because, honestly, I hate to be pessimistic. I hate to be the doom crier, but we're heading for another depression. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And realistically, if you really want to go to the extremes of shit could really hit the fan, the grid could collapse, the world could be enshrouded in darkness, I've said it before, go to the library. Make photocopies of stuff that's relevant to you. Write it down in a notebook. Do something so you have a physical copy of shit you can lay your hands on. On the off chance, you know, if something goes wrong and you are without power for an extended amount of time, you still have resources available. I've got a couple of wall to, floor-to-ceiling bookshelves, wall-filling bookshelves full of books. Do I have everything I want? Not yet. There's still a whole bunch of books I want. I'm actually thinking about putting up an Amazon wish list on my uh, 
on my podcast page just in case anybody wants to buy Aaron a book. I love books. I'm, I'll be your friend. I'll, I'll say something nice about you. Um, <laughs> everybody knows I probably won't do it, but it's fun to talk about. I don't take things that seriously. I'm just happy you're taking the time out of your day to listen to me. Um, so, yeah, get the physical copies of the information you need so you can do the things you need to do to at least have some sort of quality to your life. If you are not a good cook if you and you are concerned that you're not going to be able to keep going to the restaurants six days a week or seven days a week, you're not going to be able to constantly eat out. You're not going to be able to constantly be ordering, ordering in. There are tons of resources out there to teach you. There are things that you can learn the basics. You can pretty much self-teach yourself the basics as long as you're careful. Don't rush. That's one of the biggest mistakes I see people when they're trying to start to learn how to cook and start to learn how to make things is they rush through things. You don't need to hurry. You need to take your time and do it right until you can do it fast. Speed comes with practice, with repetition. You build the skills. Cooking and baking are not, I mean, there is an art to them, yes. There is, some people just can't fucking do it. But the basics, the founding principles are things that can be taught and can be learned. You can do stuff that will be good enough to survive on, even if it's not a five-star culinary thing that Gordon Ramsay would just swoon over. So that that's kind of my what I want to get to here is focus on the, those things and if you're really that interested, I even offer Zoom lessons for cooking. I will be more than happy to teach you how to make just about anything you want for a price. My time's valuable too. I mean, it's one of those, the only commodity there's never going to make more of is time. So, yeah, my time's valuable. If you want part of it personally and privately, you either earn it by being my friend or you pay me for it. That's just kind of the way the world works. Um, and in terms of that... Like I said, there's going to be some links in the bio, the usual deal. Um, go check them out. Like I said, I, I really, I keep saying this. I don't know how many of you guys listen to this point. I don't know how many of you take me seriously when I say this. I know a couple of people that do listen to the end every time or have <laughs> already, either have already taken me up on my suggestion that they go to these websites or they are already involved with these websites. Go join the Nomad Network. Jason Stapleton is a really smart guy. He's doing something extremely generous and offering up his wisdom, his knowledge, his experience for free. All you got to do is go sign up for the Nomad Network. And it's if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to better your situation, if you want to just get a side hustle to make an extra couple hundred bucks a month just to offset the inflation, to, to offset the gas cost, you're happy with your life, but you got something you think you're good at, you could probably make a few bucks at or even if you don't have any ideas, there are people there that will help you find an idea just by talking to you and asking you what you like to do. What are you good at? What do you know that not everybody knows how to do? And how can we monetize that concept? And if you don't have any ideas for any of that shit, there are, way, there are resources there to help you find a side hustle, to find something you can do to put money in your pocket, to put a little extra here and there. And it's worth checking out. So... Go check it out already. I mean, seriously, it's the work of a few minutes to sign up. You go in there, you click on the videos where there's the, the resources to learn how to do shit. And this, these are programs. This guy has sold this information in the past for, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to, the, to clients. Now he's making it available because he wants to help people out. 
you got to be stupid not to at least look at it. And I like to think my listeners aren't fucking stupid. And in the last little bit of, uh, I guess, housekeeping, we'll call it, a couple of things I wanted to touch on real quick. I'm ordering some new stickers. I'm putting together sticker packs. If you would like some sticker packs and you want to take them out and do some guerrilla marketing for Aaron and slap them up in random places so they can be steered towards the show and you like what you're hearing and you want to do that for me, just drop me a message, shoot, shoot me a DM, whatever, and when I get the new stickers, they will be going out, getting mailed out to everybody. I'm going to be setting up a P.O. box just uh, <laughs> for people who want to correspond with me or whatever, and uh, that will information will be available on the website. Uh, and also, I have started recording. Uh, I've, I don't really push the fact that I have a Patreon account set up, but I am going to be adding stuff to it. Uh, I know I originally had everybody try and sign up for a newsletter that I turned out to not be very good at putting together. Uh, so if anybody wants to help me out with a newsletter and you're good at that kind of shit, again, drop me a line. I'd, I'd love to have some help. But um, I'm, I've started recording some stuff. There's going to be a bunch of audio that's going to be up behind the paywall on the Patreon account. Uh, kind of going into more depth on things that I've talked touched on in episodes and other things that I think are, you know, a little more relevant. They're going to be longer sessions, more involved, so you can kind of listen to them at your leisure. And uh, it's going to touch on a lot of stuff. And I'm going to be, I've got some interviews lined up. Uh, I've had a, had a lot of people that did did apparently like the interview sessions, even though I've haven't had one in a couple of weeks. I've got some new ones on the books that'll be coming on. I've got some more guests lined up. I've got a couple new concepts I'm working on as far as extra Friday episodes that'll be coming out. And there's going to be the standard episode that comes out on Friday. And then there's going to be a kind of like behind the scenes, like all the other stuff that didn't make it into the episode was going to be available on the Patreon behind the paywall. So if you think that might be something you're interested in, there's a bunch of different tiers. You get access to the Discord. You get theoretically signed up for the newsletter that I'm terrible about. And you'll get access to all those extra files. And I actually am probably, if the Discord starts picking up, I may do a tier thing where, like, there'll be a general chat open for anybody and then private channels that are only for the paying members. Um, I don't know. I have to, again, I haven't had anybody express any interest in it, so I haven't bothered messing with it too much. But uh, if you want to get on the ground floor, you can be there to watch me flail about trying to make things work and make everybody happy with it and think it's all cool. So that being said, be good, be better, be good to each other. And for now, that's what I had to say. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Thanks for listening to another episode of I Had to Say It. If you liked what you heard, leave a review, give us a follow, give me some feedback. And if you didn't like what you heard, Leave a review, give me a follow, give me some feedback. I'll try and fix it. Check us out on all the social media platforms that I had to say at podcast is the trigger for all that stuff for the search term. And if you want, check out the website, www.ihadtosayitpodcast.com. There's links to people that have been involved with the program, things I've talked about. There are some links available for some merch that we're working on, and there are ways to contact us there as well. 
And thanks for listening. And I look forward to talking to you again soon.